time for Ghost and Friend Dog. Friend Dog in the morning. In the morning. Live, 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 um, I was ready to do it. I went to The Hobbit, and it was midnight, and then I came home, and then I had a big like live stream internet event Friday, and so I made the judgment call that I just didn't, I wasn't going to do it. Yeah. Hate me all you want, I decided not to. It wasn't really a judgment call, it was I went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> didn't really think about it much. We were going to try and do it before The Hobbit, but... I had filming and stuff to do, so I was just like, you know what? Balls to y'alls. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go do my thing. That's yeah. what that's what I did. My thing. I'm not gonna judge you. Thank thank you. You're welcome. That's the last time I'll ever say that to you, so cherish it. I will. I've already processed <laughs> that audio clip and stored it away in my Z drive. Is that your brain? My Z drive? That's my super secure drive. Wow. I'm honored. Yes. So that's pretty much what happened Friday. By the way, saw The Hobbit, loved it. You did not agree with the bad reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. That you know what? The 48 FPS ruins it and that it's slow. You know what? It was not slow. I was Here's the thing. I was sitting in the theater waiting for it to be slow. It was over before. I, I was like, all right, when does this get slow? And it was <laughs> over. And I was like, whoa, hold up. What did they think was slow? I, I guess maybe they thought the beginning where... There's maybe like a 15, 20 minute period where um, Bilbo tells the backstory of like the intro and then it does this little bit with, Ma I guess you would say like present day Bilbo, which makes no sense, but it's, it's a scene that takes place, I would say roughly five minutes before the start of the very first Lord of the Rings movie and it has mm -hmm. Frodo and all the characters and that, that maybe is where they said slow and then there's a bit where the, the dwarves show up, but that's all like so you can get to know the characters and stuff like that. I don't I loved it. I was like these dwarves, they they are comical so, It's mainly just people complaining to complain. I think it is. I, I the one complaint that people had that I could kind of see and agree with is a lot of people felt that it felt like the first Lord of the Rings movie where it's just we have we're on a quest and we're going to go walk across various uh, New Zealand vistas and and you, there are scenes like that, but I like that, so I... Wait, is it just one movie, or is it a trilogy? It's a trilogy. Oh, okay. And they're setting it up so um, it sort of flows into the Lord of the Rings films, because they're they're adding stuff from, I think it's the Similarian. I don't know if that's the pronunciation. I'm sure someone will have a better one. But it's the other book that has... It's sort of the backstory and the lore of the entire Middle-Earth universe, and so uh, they're adding parts of that in. So they're adding things that weren't in The Hobbit into this to sort of fill out the gaps because there are parts of The Hobbit, the actual book, which, unlike The Lord of the Rings, uh, I've actually read The Hobbit. And so, I did too. Right? I think everyone as a child read The Hobbit. I don't know about Lord of the Rings because that was a lot of words. A lot of mm -hmm. words. Gandalf leaves every once in a while, and they don't really say why he does what he does, like why he leaves the group and where he goes. But in this one, they explain what happens. And that's stuff I love. That, that why Gandalf does what he does, why he is, why they're starting this whole mission, why all of it is taking place, that I think is great. So, 
Yes, I thought it was wonderful. And uh, to the reviewers who didn't like it, why don't you regain your sense of wonder, douchebags? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I got all the extended Lord of the Rings, because then once I watched them, I was like, whoa, it fills in lots of parts that they cut out for time. Right? Like uh, in the last Lord of the Rings movie, where Gandalf meets the uh, the Witch King, the Witch King of Angmar. They're, they meet each other, and then the horn blows, right? And then they cut that scene. Well, mm-hmm. in the extended edition, they are, like, battling, and the Witch King blows up his staff. That's why, in the next scene, he doesn't have a staff anymore. In the movie, you're like, wait, didn't that dude just have a staff? <laughs> yeah. But they cut that scene out. And then the sword he uses, in this movie, they show how he gets the sword he uses. So it all, it's like full circle, Or man. even with, like, the ghost mountain. Like, they go inside the ghost mountain and convince the ghost people to, like, fight with them. And, like, in the original thing, they just, like, cut that all out. And then there's, like, random ghosts that are like, hey, we'll fight for you now. I mean, there's there's so much, and that's what I, that's what I like about it. In a movie like that, where there's so much detail, if you're going to make a three-hour movie, three hours and 30 minutes doesn't make much of a difference to me. Like, this <laughs> yeah. movie's two hours and 46 minutes, and I'm like, I could have gone longer. I was enjoying myself. And it, it was midnight. We got out of there at 3 a.m. And I was still awake and, like, I love this movie. <laughs> I, I had a great time. I can't wait to get all the Hobbit extended versions and then go on like a 24-hour watch everything marathon. The one thing that I did love is that they had Hobbit 3D glasses and they have like the Hobbit logo on the side. I was like, I'm keeping these and taking them to every single one. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, and uh, the scene with Gollum and Bilbo is worth the price of a mission alone. Like that 25-minute chunk of the movie is pretty stellar. Andy Serkis should just play that character forever. In fact, we should design a surgical procedure in order to transform Andy Serkis into Gollum permanently. <laughs> I see. And just have him live in a cave and become a tourist attraction. The man, that's all, that's all he should be doing. Daddy, look at the strange man in the cage. That's ah, precious. Ah. I want that so badly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, we actually... Speaking, speaking of dangerous journeys and perilous treks, um, today, coming home, we're, we're getting ready to record this, and it's at an hour where not many people are up and around and doing stuff, and so I tried to get into my parking garage from my apartment, and the gate would not open, and I had no clue how to get inside. I was just like, okay, I can't, there's no street parking. Where the, uh, there's nowhere to park around here. What, what am I supposed to do? So I had to call the management, and they had to call a dude to come out and manually open the garage. And all that's fine and dandy. That's wonderful. It hit me. With all this mm-hmm. talk of the end of the world on the 21st, which is total bubkiss, not real. But if the world were to end, or power were to go out, or, or, or would go out or anything, right? Even if I had a full tank of gas and was prepared to, to leave and evacuate the city, I still couldn't because my garage door wouldn't open. And it's a giant <laughs> metal gate thing like that, that goes down, and it's super heavy. So there's no way you can just lift it up. So basically, I would be stuck here. I would, I would die. I found this out very early in the morning, and I was like, well, that's not very comforting, but can't do anything about it. So I guess I'm screwed. Well, you could run. And I would, uh, the wolves, I assume, once the world ends, the wolves would would eat me. If the angry Mayans didn't get me first. Oh, that's true. The robot Mayans. The robot Mayans are just, they're just waiting. They're waiting in the pyramids. As we learned last week. Oh, we get to do the podcast for them. That's entirely assuming we know which time zone the world ends in. Oh, that's a good point. Because does it end for the Australians first, and then we get to watch the world slowly vaporize one time zone at a time <laughs> as, it hits mi- as it hits midnight? <laughs> the robot mines start in Australia. 
They just work their way outward. They slowly take their time. They're like, is it midnight in the next place? They just wait on the border of the time zone. (laughs) We must wait. Calculating procedures. If they destroy everyone on the on um, at midnight on the twenty first, uh, then that's unfair to people where it's still the twentieth. Those that's are true. those are some good hours we could still be using. Those are a lot of good hours we could be being productive. Just saying, I don't think it'd be very nice of them. I'm not saying that I I w- would fight against them, because as as you know, I for one welcome our new overlords. I do as well. I yep. will. Wait, don't we do this like every episode? We have to because then we won't die. Cox and Crendor and <laughs> Blorknock in the morning. <laughs> Blork, Blorknock is the best <laughs> robot mind name I can come up Blork- with. Blorknock. Blorknock. Cox and Crendor and Blorknock in the morning. There's a guy named Joe Brecknock. That's not even close to Blorknock. Oh, wait, that's a woman. I learned something today. I learned absolutely nothing. All right, Whoa. now let's oh. go. Oh. Hold on. What? Hold on. Hold on. Yeah? Did you know that only stupid people claim to be abducted by aliens? Because the aliens keep the smart ones. What? <laughs> it makes sense. Where did you hear this? On the internet. It makes a weird amount of sense. It does. Right? The aliens abduct you, test you, and if you're stupid, they send you back. George, I done went out in the fields looking for Bigfoot. Then I got abducted by the aliens. How do you know that Bigfoot wasn't the aliens? Whoa. Whoa, indeed. It's like Bigfeet are the alien dogs. (laughs) What? (laughs) All right, all right, no. No, we're not going down this (laughs) way. I was ready to. Somewhere some guy's like, it all makes sense now, Mom. He's <laughs> going to write a book. Bigfoot, the dogs of aliens. Cox and Crendor. And Blorknot. <laughs> Cox and Crendor and Blorknot in the morning. Anyway, now anyway. it's time to go to Chapter Chapter 7 of the Sky. Crendor, how is that traffic out there? Well, since it's Monday, the traffic is really slow since everyone's depressed and going back to work or school. So what you can do is you can hop into your hover car and take that to where your destination is unless you don't want to get there fast. Then you can just go slow like all the other people. And, uh... Touchdown. You really made me do that fapping noise for for an extra, like, five seconds. That hurts my (laughs) hand! (laughs) Well, I had to say something. (laughs) Thanks. Now let's go over to Crendor at the weather desk. See how that weather's looking. Grendor! We're gonna go to UK and Ireland today. To UK and Ireland. That actually sounds (laughs) like the name of a city in the UK. UK over Ireland, Shire! (laughs) Well, we're gonna go to Coleraine, UK. Coleraine. Sounds like a toothpaste. It sounds like a type of soda. Coleraine. I think it sounds like a toothpaste. I think it sounds like like the best gangsta-style drink ever. They call that cola rain. They call that cola rain. There's more to that rap, but I, we need to move on. Okay. Today in <laughs> cola rain, it is 4 degrees Celsius. Uh-huh. And uh, today's forecast is a high of 6 degrees Celsius with a 40% chance of AM showers. Uh, the pollen index is out of season. UV index low. Aches and pains index is a three. Oh, that's and nice. And the temperature change is steady. 
with a visibility of 16.1 kilometers with 990.86 MBs of pressure. I think it means megabytes. <laughs> it's the damn Matrix robots. It is. There's the best part. Is most morning shows, when the new day starts, they talk about new subjects. We keep referring back to things that happened a week ago. <laughs> That's because, it's because we, we can. are it's because we extremely can. high quality around here. High quality non-content. All right, now let's go over to Krendor at the sports desk. All right, exciting sports news today because people played football in America. Jacoby Jones lost, but he had three catches for 51 yards. It's not bad, Jacoby. Not bad at all, Jacoby. I don't know if he had any kick returns, though. I don't think he did because they lost. So I imagine if he doesn't do that, they lose. <laughs> and, I imagine the same, yes. And on the Greg Jennings report, uh, the Packers won. So that's partially because Greg Jennings played. He also had four catches for 50 yards. Greg How many catches did Jacoby have? He had three catches. So basically, Jacoby Jones is a better player. He is, but Greg Jennings put the team on his back to victory. But Jacoby Jones didn't even need to do that. Oh, wait, no, he didn't. That's why they lost. Okay, never mind. Yep. Jacoby gets the stats. Greg Jennings puts the team on his back. If the two of them were together and Greg Jennings put Whoa. Jacoby Jones on his back, that may be crap. the greatest combination in history. If, if Jacoby Jones somehow could ride on a little Greg <laughs> Jennings saddle, we would have the best team ever. Best team. They would just be called the Greg Jones. That's our great sports news coverage. Sports. Now it's time for our number one best story of the day. Crendor, hit me with that story. Well... Uh, this is a pretty cool story, which is I couldn't find any cool stories, so <laughs> uh -huh. I just found Mad Libs. What? Mad Libs. Remember Mad Libs? <laughs> this isn't news at all. <laughs> but uh, I couldn't find any good news stories, so give me a male name. What the hell? <laughs> this isn't news at all. We don't... <laughs> So there's plenty of news shows what? like Good Morning America that what? don't actually most news shows don't report the news at all. They just have on little stupid things and they're like, oh, today we're going to play Topscotch with Jimmy and co. And then they have Jimmy on. He's like, I'm from over here in the UK, Coraline. And then they're like, oh, <laughs> and then they play Hopscotch on Good Morning America. I like how I can't find a news story. The next best thing I can do. It's Mad Libs. <laughs> right, well, give me a male name. I'm going to try to make this as news appropriate as possible. How about Uncle... No. Uncle no. Mark. No. We're going with Uncle no. Mark. No, I'm the one who has to give you the names. I'm, we're gonna uh, try, I'm going to try and save this. Barack Obama. I don't want to use Barack Obama. Barack Obama. We're making this newsworthy. Barack Obama. Uh, city or town? Um, Moscow. <laughs> Moscow. Moscow. Adjective. Um, this is like a descriptor, yeah. So, is is coldly? Like he I coldly. Mean, I'll accept it. Coldly. Coldly. Singular noun. Uh, papers. Paper. 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 Female. Uh, newsworthy female. Um, Kate Middleton. Kate Middleton. Singular noun. Uh. Baby Blanky. 
you exclamation shouting like, something? wow oh uh shibuzi shibuzi male bill clinton bill clinton and a present tense verb is the last thing we need a present tense verb uh sit that would be sitting sitting right? is it because it's present tense like i am sitting well what about i sit is that what you're going to tell someone? Like, what are you doing, Bob? I sit. I sit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, American education system. Sit. I <laughs> Me sit. <laughs> all right. Here's all our right. wacky Mad Lib. Is this really all you created today? <laughs> it's called the Hanukkah party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh-huh. So, uh, I may have replaced Barack Obama with Uncle Mark. No, it's last no, week. My whole no. family went to a Hanukkah party at my Uncle Mark's no, house. No, at Barack in Obama's Moscow. house. At Barack Obama's house <laughs> in Moscow. The first thing we did when we got there was open presents. Uncle Mark always gives us coldly. Barack presents. Obama. <laughs> this year, he gave me a paper and my little sister Kate Middleton a baby blankie. Shabuzi, Uncle Mark, I said. Barack How Obama? did you know I wanted a paper? Then Kate Middleton, my cousins, and I played the dreidel game. My cousin Bill Clinton put an empty bowl in the center of the table and gave us each our own pile of candy for the game. Kate Middleton went first, spun a shin, and had to put a piece of her candy in the bowl. I could tell she was wanting to sit, but she knew she had to behave. The bowl continued to fill with candy, the most of us spinning shin. Then I spun a gimmel. I got the whole bowl of candy. On the way home, I whispered to Kate Middleton that I would share my candy with her, but she had fallen fast asleep. She's pregnant, so, you know, she's tired. Plus, all that candy is for two now. It's a good thing that Barack Obama did that and not your Uncle Mark. <laughs> and I don't think Uncle Mark is Jewish. <laughs> oh my god well that was a giant waste of time <laughs> i think it was the opposite of a waste of time i'm pretty sure it was i'm pretty sure the only things we learned is that <laughs> you couldn't find a new story i'm horrible at grammar and that, that was a giant waste of time well actually i think sitting i think sit actually fit in it said i could tell she wanted to sit so actually it's actually i'm right. right i am sit i am <laughs> I, I am sit that's all you need to know Right, let's just go to Cosmo. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be our new backup plan. Get <laughs> your you... 50 shades on, girl. Uh-huh. Like it or not, 50 Shades of Grey is taking S&M mainstream. A few years ago, we couldn't have spoken so openly about nipple clamps. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Oh, God, yes. It's going to be good. You yeah, go on. So... Here's the guide to S&M for beginners. Holy shit. <laughs> Wait, this is in Cosmo? This is on Cosmo's website. Um, here's the best part. Because it's Cosmo, you know they'll do it wrong. So I can't <laughs> wait to see what they're going to teach women that is completely inaccurate. I saw a what-do-you-call-it meme that said, Cosmo's strategy is to give women terrible advice so they become single and then buy Cosmo. It makes sense. It, it makes does. sense. All right, continue. I'd love to hear this. Number one is talk dirty to him. 
Bringing up S&M with your partner can be shocking and awkward. A great way to test the fantasy is to incorporate it into dirty talk. Here's the thing. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. There's not one guy in the world who, if you are, like, intimate with him and you start talking dirty, he, there's not one guy who's going to be like, shh, shh, don't do that. Don't, don't be exactly like the porn that I watch on the internet. Don't do that. You're ruining the mood. No guy's going to say that. Trust me, ladies. You can never not talk enough. Just keep going. Free flow of information. Just go. Talk about, talk about your day. <laughs> Just whatever. Just keep going. Jesse Just keep Cox, talking. 2012. <laughs> There's no way that it could be awkward. No, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't. I'm pretty sure the guy would be like, you might be the one. Marry me. Pretty sure he wouldn't care by that point. Yeah. yeah. Safety first is number two. Physically and emotionally, kink can be heavy. So it's great for long-term <laughs> couples who already have built up trust. Still, oh my God. there's going to be bondage and a little struggle. Have a safe word other than oh, no. Of that. There's still going to be bondage and a little struggle. This isn't civil rights. <laughs> <laughs> have a safe word other than no. It can be red, banana, something you normally wouldn't say. Banana. <laughs> oh, banana. <laughs> banana. <laughs> Number three, see no more. S&M is about seating control, so a good entry point is bringing a blindfold to bed and seeing how you like it. One night, one of you can be the boss. The next night, you switch it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Single best. Uh, you know what? This may be our best episode. It may be. This, this may have turned it around. <laughs> we went from Hanukkah parties to blindfolds. Number four, cuff love. We're all Seriously? about working up to things gently. Handcuffs are familiar, and most people know no, how to use them. No, handcuffs, are, handcuffs should not be a familiar <laughs> part of your life. If handcuffs are a familiar part of your life, you are doing it wrong. You are having way too many runs with the law. If that's a thing you're doing all the time, you have a problem. Who doesn't know how to get out of handcuffs, like, by yourselves? Like, don't you just do that in the back of police cars? There's nothing more erotic than being handcuffed. And criminals should know. Like, that's what they're saying. Oh, my God. <laughs> Number five, dress the part. There's a whole style to kink. Bring in textures like leather, latex, garters, and high heels. Anything you wouldn't normally wear in bed. So wear clothes is what they're saying? Yeah. Just keep your clothes on. It'll make it more difficult. Sort of, sort of like bondage. It's good enough. It feels like this is just like the hipster thing to do. Dude. I keep my clothes on. If they, if they make bondage a hipster thing, <laughs> that is amazing. S&M needs to become a hipster thing. <laughs> I was in S&M before. It was cool. I was in S&M before Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> you know there's someone out there just like that too. <laughs> like, ugh. Now that all these soccer moms are dressing up like S&M hoes. Now I have to do something even more kinky. I'm going to dress up like a soccer mom. <laughs> and then the world just comes full circle. Yep, and that's just in time for the mind apocalypse. Exactly. When the robots take over, there's no more time for kink. Sex no is all about ones and zeros. And pleasing the robot overlords. <laughs> Number six. I don't even want to know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. Light biting. When you're really turned on, pain can feel a lot like pleasure. You don't oh have to get God. a punishing spanking from Christian Grey to get a kick out of pain. Well, oh, it has a link to Christian Grey. Oh, oh boy. Didn't. 
I hope it's a Wikipedia page, and it's like, Christian Grey, like, this fake character who is actually a fan fiction of Edward from Twilight. It is nine guys who should play Christian Grey. You know what? Funny story, no one cares. No <laughs> one Nobody. should play Christian Grey, because that is Except for the awful. 41 people that shared it on Facebook. 41 people, I'm going to say 39 of those 41 are over the age of 40. <laughs> Most likely. I've been married for 22 years, and this finally made me experience life. Spoiler, you've been doing it wrong. <laughs> Number seven, the sound of music. Music helps drown out the world around you and lets you focus on the pleasure at hand. No, Try music, Nine music. Inch Nails, Muse, Radiohead, what? the Brazilian... What? <laughs> what? What? Yes, nothing says uh, hot eroticism like listening to the song Hurt, sung by Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> Muse, you can you can listen to Resistance by Muse. That will definitely get you in the banging mu mood. Mm -hmm. There's like three songs from each of the bands you listed out of their catalog of like almost 50 songs. Probably more. Only three that I can think of will be appropriate for an SNM session. Or it recommends Marilyn Manson or Prince. Yes, yes. Because I definitely want to be... Like that, I want that. I want that happening when I'm, when I'm, when I'm doing you. Yeah. That's very erotic. Very he might as well play songs like, I'm like a bird, I want to fly away. <laughs> like that. Same same effect. Just embarrassing yourself. <laughs> Number eight. Put a ring on it. 150 no. Shades of Play tells you about no. all sorts of SNM, including no. Tamakari. No. The Japanese fetish. No, I'm, so, I'm sorry. What was that? What was that? Tamakari. <laughs> what is that? The Japanese fetish of getting kicked in the balls. I'm sorry, what? The Japanese fetish of getting kicked in the balls. That is only a fetish the Japanese could love. <laughs> I don't understand how that how that works. I like how they have to specifically say the Japanese fetish. Like, <laughs> like if they, this they, is they, Japan? If they said the fetish of getting kicked in the balls, I would have been like, first off, that is no one's fetish. <laughs> and it says, of course, if your partner wants you to kick him in the balls, that's probably not the best first step. <laughs> Thank you, Cosmo. You're making You're making life so much better. So much better. Number nine, light my candle. BDSM temperature play is a scale from ice to candle wax. Be careful to use only plain white candles. Scented candles burn too hot. Blow the candle out. Test the wax on your hand first, and when it hits the skin, massage it in. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Unbelievable. Here's, here's the best part. If you were in college... You probably experienced 90% of this. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. At some point in your young life, you've probably experimented or seen enough, especially with the internet now, to know that this stuff is, you've seen every one of this. Like, none of this is new. None of it. And if you do it, you've, cho you do, you've chosen to do it. And if you don't do it, it's because you've chosen not to do it. This is for people who are living in an Amish community somewhere who have n n never experienced life outside their small town. That's a great quote by you. If they did it, they did it. And if they didn't do it, they didn't do it. Jesse Cox, 2012. <laughs> I want that on my tombstone. <laughs> right, right, next to my, right next to my robot wife. Nork yes. knock. <laughs> and uh, number 10 is toys and girls. Handing over the controls of your toy to your partner suddenly seems a lot more kinky than doing it on your own. That doesn't make any sense. Why would me giving her the controls to my RC racer be kinkier? I don't really understand. Make sense. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to give her my G.I. Joes. That's just stupid. It is. I'm not sharing. Yeah, that's dumb. This this one's stupid. Doesn't even make sense, Cosmo. Extremely stupid. You save your best for last, and you want me to give away my Ninja Turtles? Screw you, lady. I have a very close relationship with my Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I can't see that they'd be talking about anything else. What would they be talking about? I don't know. I grew up in the strict Amish community, by the way. If they were talking about anything else, you'd think they would just come out and say it. And not beat around the bush, because that'd be stupid. When I grew up in my Amish school, all we had was toy little straw men that we played stickball with. <laughs> and, and pretended to farm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well. And then we went and gathered the crops. Who here has never been Amish? <laughs> I saw Amish people once in my life. It was in Indiana. They seem pretty content, I'm not going to lie. They do. They I've met a happy. lot of Amish people, and they always seem pretty okay with being Amish. I'm like, that's good for you. Yeah. Yeah, when you don't have to read Cosmo every day and be told how much you suck at everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you turn out pretty great. Anyway, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening, and we will be back tomorrow with another exciting episode of Cox and Credo in the Morning. And as always, ding, ding, to be continued. <laughs>